similar, it works, okay? Uh, we are looking at Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Romans 1 and verse 16. Now what we'll do is, uh, next week we'll hear your verses like in Sunday school, okay? Uh, we'll have you say your verse. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Now before we learn it though, we're going to actually um, look at it and take it apart a little bit, right? Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. This is the Apostle Paul writing, okay? And he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. All right, that's a word of prayer. Father, would you bless us as we look at the verse tonight and help us, Lord. Lord, we need your hand and we need you uh, to help us in this endeavor to reach people with the gospel. Uh, Lord, it is so easy for us to draw back, Lord, in the dark day that we live in. Lord, help us. Stir the hearts of your people. Give us a passion uh, to actually reach out with the gospel and to do uh, that which needs to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, <clears throat> Romans 1, verse 16. Let me ask you a couple of questions. You help me tonight, right? Okay, <clears throat> what is the gospel? Good news. Okay, gospel, the word means good news. What is the good news? Okay, Jesus died. Jesus died for our sins, right? Jesus died. The, the full gospel would be Jesus died, was buried, and he rose again for our sins. Okay, now what does that mean? Why, why did Jesus have to die for our sins anyway? Because he, he, he was a sinless himself. Okay. Pardon? That we may live. So what was our problem? Why were we dying? Look at weights of sin is death. Now, what does it mean when it talks about the weights of sin being death? What death are we talking about here? Spiritual death? Okay, because we didn't actually die because of sin, did we? But we will ultimately die because everybody in this room will either die or be raptured when the time comes. That's, that, that's the truth. Now, <clears throat> um, so Jesus died for our sins. It doesn't mean that we're going to live on this planet forever. So what does it mean? What was he saving us from? From hell. Oh, man, you had to go and blow it, didn't you? Uh, hell. I mean, this is the 21st century. Who, who believes in hell in the 21st century? I mean, that's... Do you, you know the reality? That's what's happened in our world, in our society, and it's impacted us in a much greater way than we think. T tell me about hell here tonight. Now, don't, don't, don't have one person. Lift your hand and tell me about hell. Tell me something about hell. There's so many things you, you, you could say about hell, but tell me some things about hell that you know biblically tonight, right? Okay. Nori says it's lake of fire. Okay. Roly? Whether worms die now, now what does that mean? You turn, you don't die. You just go on and on and on. Anthony? It's total darkness. Can you imagine total darkness? You know, even on the darkest night, it's not totally dark. You have to go deep underground for it to be total dark. It's total darkness. You know what's a really <clears throat> interesting? People reckon they will party in hell. How can you party in total darkness? You won't be able to see anything to party. And now you, so it's total darkness. Michael, you uh, eternal separation. 
It's eternal separation from God. There, there, there's no God in hell. And by the way, uh, there's nobody in charge in hell. Satan's not in charge in hell. He's not ruling it down there. That, that, that's that's not, um, <clears throat> not the way it is. Hayden? <laughs> okay, so there'll be gnashing of teeth, all right? Now, what does that mean? Why does somebody gnash their teeth? Oh, they're, they're in pain. So, look, we can, we can go on and on, right? <clears throat> but everything we don't want is found in hell. That's just the reality. Now, we can say all those things because we know the answers. Right? But if we really believe there's a hell that people are going to, then that makes the gospel very urgent. And if we don't, then the gospel's not urgent. It's kind of case of sera, whatever happens will happen. And we get kind of immunized to the whole thing and we put it on the, on the back burner. But no, 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 no. The Bible says very clearly that people are going to spend eternity either in heaven with God forever or in hell. Now, apart from being born again, there is no way to heaven. Right? That's the only possible way to get to heaven. Uh, so people are going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell based on what they do with this gospel that we're talking about. Okay? Now, what does that make the work we're talking about? Then? What does that say about the work we're talking about here? Pardon? It's urgent. Right? It's urgent. Now listen, everybody in this room has urgent things they have to do this week, don't they? You got work, you got deadlines at work, you got school, you got hospital appointments, you got doctor's appointments, you got all kinds of things that are urgent in your lives. Right? And here's what happens. Uh, <clears throat> I read a concept and it's really interesting. There's a tyranny of the urgent. Okay? That we tend to do those things that force themselves upon us as being urgent, but we tend to very often neglect things that are more important in the face of the things that are urgent. So what will happen is tomorrow morning you get out of bed, you'll have your shower, uh, you'll have your breakfast, you'll rush out the door, and you'll get on the treadmill, and you'll run on the treadmill all week, and you really oftentimes don't get a chance to think about what it is that you're doing, because you're just doing what's coming up, and you're doing it, and you're doing it, and you're doing it. Right? And that's, that's the way life is for us. Uh, we, we are very busy people. We are busier than we've ever been. It's not supposed to be true, but we are busier than we ever been. And if we're not busy, we think we're busy. Uh, sometimes we're just busy having fun, but we're busy. <clears throat> you know, we've always got, got things to do. And so we, we, we have this thing where we get in a treadmill and we run and we run and we run and we can miss the most important things. We can just miss them. Now we'll talk about this, in, not tonight, but in, in, another time. Uh, <clears throat> Jeff Musgrave uses an illustration for, for, for boldness uh, in declaring the gospel, right? And um, <clears throat> think this through with me. We'll say there's a traffic jam down the road, and you're trying to warn people not to go down there because there's a traffic jam down there, and they're going to get stuck for hours. Right? <clears throat> you know, what you would do is you would be out there, and you would say, listen, don't go down there. Well, well listen, if you're going to go down there, you're going to go down there. I told you not to go down there. Uh, it's a problem. Now, if you knew that around the bend in the road where they couldn't see, there was a bridge out and there was a drop of 500 feet that their car would certainly go over if they didn't stop. Would you have a different way of explaining it to them? Would it be different the way you would approach the situation? 
course it would, wouldn't it? Uh, in that scenario, you would be losing all sense of how you looked, and you would be telling them, don't stop. You would be urgent. You would be bold about it. Now, is it true that people are dying and going to hell every day? You see, isn't there a disconnect sometimes between what we believe and what we really sense or feel in our hearts? People are dying and going to hell every day. We know it. And the gospel is the answer. The gospel is the answer. Jesus died for sin. He paid the price for sin. Right? If people will trust in him, depend upon him, he will save them from their sin. So it's urgent that we get this message out. Notice what our passage says, though. It says the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Now, I really like this verse, right? Now, <clears throat> that word power uh, comes from the Greek word dunamis, and it's the word we get our word dynamite from it. Now, dynamite does things, doesn't it? Typically, dynamite doesn't do anything good. You know, typically what it does is it blows holes in things and blows rocks out of mountains and so on. Um, but dynamite's powerful stuff. You light a stick of dynamite, and the stick of dynamite goes off. Something's going to happen, right? You know, you need to run and take cover because I'll tell you what, something's, something's going to happen. Now, <clears throat> what God is telling us here is that the gospel of Christ is the dynamite. God's dynamite uh, for salvation, for saving souls. Now, here's, the, here, here's what's helpful to me. I'm not God's dynamite for saving souls. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you're not the dynamite? Aren't you glad it doesn't rest on you? That you're not the one that has to take it on, on board? That you're not the one uh, who has to actually be the one that, that makes it happen? Sometimes we take that on, don't we? Okay, I've got go. to get some souls saved. I've got to get some people saved. People are dying and going to hell. I've got to do it. I can't do it. It's impossible. I it's impossible for me to actually get somebody saved. Right? But I don't have to. What I have to do is deliver the gospel. What I have to do is make known the gospel. After that, it's between them and God. It's God's dynamite for doing it. And, and it works. How do you know it works? You're here, aren't you? <laughs> could, could you imagine you being saved? Well, I'll tell you what, a stick of dynamite went off in your life, and you know what? All of a sudden, it became the most real thing. It became the most important thing that you should get saved. So, so <clears throat> the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It says, to everyone that believeth. Here's the thing. You're going to deliver the gospel to people, but they've got to believe. Now, believing is not a case of them, you know, having this feeling, this woozy feeling where God comes into their life. and some, Now, believing is where they trust Jesus Christ with their sins. That they, They're a sinner. They know they're a sinner. And that they're trusting that Jesus Christ paid the price for their sins so they don't have to go to hell because he's paid the price for their sins, right? That's believing, right? And everybody you, you deliver the gospel to, then they have to believe. Now, here's a question for you. How are they going to believe... If someone doesn't tell them. Keep your finger there in Romans 1 and turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Verse 13. We love this verse, don't we? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm writing to heaven on that verse, right? I called upon the name of the Lord. One day realized I was a sinner, and I called upon the name of the Lord, and I'm going to heaven uh, based upon that verse. 
if I don't go to heaven, you know what? God would have told a lie, and God never told a lie, so I'm going to heaven, because I called upon the name of the Lord. There was a time when I realized I was a sinner, I realized I was on my way to hell, and I called upon the name of the Lord, and he saved me, and he's, uh, and he's taken me to heaven based on that verse. But look what it says in the next, uh, in, in, in verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, here's, here's what happens, right? <clears throat> we believe in hell. We believe that's there, that's real, because, you know what, uh, <clears throat> we just believe that, right? We've seen it in the Bible, we believe it, it's true. We believe in hell. We believe in the gospel. The gospel is the power of God into salvation, right? But then the disconnect happens. We think somehow, some other way, somebody else is going to actually do it, and we fail to make the connect in declaring the gospel. Right? <clears throat> and that's a huge problem for us. That is a huge problem for us. We can go weeks without ever talking to anybody about the gospel. Some believers go a lifetime without ever talking to anybody about the gospel. Now, <clears throat> that's, that's incredible. You know, <clears throat> if, if, back to our illustration, if I believed around the corner there was, there was a, um, a, a bridge out and somebody who drove over it was going to die, I would do anything I could to stop them from going out there. Not real. I, I, I would be pretty bold about it. I would make a fool of myself out there trying to get them to stop from going, from going over that bridge. I believe people who don't trust Jesus Christ as their saviors die and go to eternal hell. And I don't tell them? That doesn't make sense, does it? Yet there's a blindness involved in that on our part, isn't there? You know, <clears throat> that, that, that we're blind. Now, Here's the part of the verse I want, to, I, I want to come to, right? And I want you to tease this through with me, right? Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, why would Paul be ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Why does he say that? Why does he say he's not ashamed? I mean, why would you be ashamed of God's dynamite for changing lives? Well, Let's think about Paul for a second, right? Paul was raised in the, raised in the Jewish faith. Like he traveled high in it. If you look at Philippians chapter 3, you'll find Paul's uh, spiritual and, I suppose, his, his genealogy and his credentials and who he was and the kind of man he was. And, and, and listen, he was somebody to reckon with in Israel. He was a man, you can mention Paul's name, and people say, oh yeah. He's up there in the top echelons of people. But <clears throat> he forsook all that. And what he's saying is, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of that. <clears throat> because the gospel is the power of God into salvation. Okay? Now, what is shame? What is shame? What is this thing called shame, this feeling of shame that we can have. Okay, guilt. Yeah? It's feeling bad about something I've done, or feeling bad about something I want to do. Now, is shame wrong in and of itself? Is it? No. Now, 
we're living in a day and age that's trying to tell us that it is wrong. You shouldn't be ashamed. You should just be who you are. Whatever you are, be what you are, and you shouldn't be ashamed of what you are. That's, that's just who you are. Uh, so we, <clears throat> but this feeling of how come in our day and age we're feeling ashamed of the gospel? You know, you, you, you want to say something, no, I better not say that. You know, oh, I better not say If I open my mouth, they're going to think, what are they going to think, by the way? Help me here. What are they going to think about you if you open your mouth as far as the gospel is concerned? I think you're brainwashed. <clears throat> now, why do they think you're brainwashed? Because nobody believes that old Bible stuff. Isn't that right? And so you, you, you start talking about it, and they're going to think you're, you're, you're brainwashed. Now, what do you think's happening there, by the way? We're being silenced, aren't we? But let, let, let's, let's continue. We've we, we got the trank of the whole picture. What else would make us ashamed of the gospel? Aiden, you your hand up. Okay, the script of foolishness. They, they think it's foolishness. And when they think what you're saying is foolishness, what do they also think? You're foolish. And you don't like that, do you? And none of us like that. We don't like to, be, be, uh, to appear foolish. Right? Um, Roly. We're fanatics, okay? We're fundamentalists. You, me, and the Ayatollah, we all belong in the same prison cell somewhere. <coughs> isn't, isn't, that, isn't that really what it comes down to? Uh, you know, that, 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 that we're fanatics. We're fanatical about this thing. And um, we're just trying to brainwash everybody else and, and beat it into them and um, <coughs> get it across to them. Did, did you ever hand up? We're not scientific. It's amazing all the things, you know, we're not scientific, you know. Everybody knows, um, <clears throat> apart from um, people who believe the Bible, that the world was created billions of years ago. Do you, you, you ever watch things? I mean, uh, it always intrigues me how intelligent people look when they're saying that. And they're so convinced, right? Now, is it possible for the majority of people to be convinced of a lie? Germany? Were they convinced of a lie? Yeah, they were convinced of a lie. You know, that, in fact, to, it's a pretty common occur occurrence. For the, the majority does not always uh, have the truth. In fact, uh, we have a herd mentality that we tend to kind of follow the herd. And oftentimes in our thinking, that's exactly what we do. So, but what they've done is they've made us feel, you know what, this is not scientific. You know, and anyway... You don't know enough science to counter their science, so you know what? You should keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about it. And it's working. It's working. What else? What else will make us ashamed of the gospel? Christine. Okay, think, people think that we're full of ourselves. Arrogant. Someone, somebody was talking to me the other day, and um, <clears throat> and somebody, it was you, Andre, wasn't it? Uh, somebody thought they were arrogant because they said they were going to heaven. Well, if I was going to heaven because I'm good, that would be arrogant. But that's not what we're saying. We're saying we're going to heaven because we believe the gospel. And there's not arrogance involved in that. That's humility. I'm a sinner. I, I deserve hell. If I was to spend eternity in hell, that would be exactly what I deserve. I've earned it. But I'm not getting it. That's grace. 
Instead of getting that because of what Jesus did, I'm getting heaven. There's no arrogance involved in that. By the way, an arrogant believer is kind of a, um, <clears throat> you know, a paradox. How can you have somebody who's arrogant, who's dependent upon the fact that Jesus Christ died for their sins and that's their only hope? Right? So we've no reason to be arrogant. Any, any other reasons? Well, what are the other reasons that's, that, that hold you back? Told you're a cult. You're involved in a cult, okay? <clears throat> you know what? I, I, I think that one's amusing, right? Because, you see, in a cult, there's always a leader, and the leader has control over everybody, right? And they don't know you if they think I or anybody else has control over you, because nobody has control over you. <laughs> um, I, you're not part of a cult. Rolly. We're killjoys. Mmm. Right? That you know what you're doing is, hey, we're all having fun, we're all eating, drinking, and being merry, and now you're bringing up this uh, death thing. We don't want to think about that. Right? Okay. Somebody else? Jer? You're imagining things. You're daft. Okay. All right. You know, <laughs> how, how would you know? And so, oh, what proof have you got? Okay. Anybody else? Michael? You're intolerant. Oh, and by the way, that's, that's, that's pretty bad in our day and age, to be intolerant. That's, that, in fact, the only sin in reality for the world today is intolerance. That's the only thing that's a sin, uh, the fact that you're intolerant. And, and, and they're saying you're intolerant. Now, are we intolerant? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What does that do with every other religion on the face of the earth? Either Jesus is right or Jesus is wrong. If Jesus is right, then every other religion is wiped out. There's only one way. Now, that's not us, that's him. But what we are saying is this is truth. And the only truth. So that's going to come across as intolerant. Somebody has a hand up there? Aiden? Yeah. Okay, you need it. You, you were so bad, you needed it, right? Now, <clears throat> you know, um, uh, now, why would somebody do that, by the way? They're okay. They're okay. You know what Jesus said? I've come to save sinners. And you know what he was saying? He was saying, I can't help you, you're not a sinner. And he can't. If you don't, if you don't recognize yourself as a sinner, Jesus can't help you. He didn't come for you. That's a terrifying thought. Did somebody else have a hand up over here? Okay, I'm not into the God thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're happy with it, that's great for you, right? Uh, but I'm not into that God thing, all right? Okay, Roly? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've had several people accuse me. One man asked me, how's business? And I said, how do you mean business? And, I said, and he said, the church. And I said, it's not a business. And he says, ah, go on, it is. <laughs> uh, you know, um, yeah, they think it's just a business, just a way of making, making money and so on, right? A uh, way of getting money from people, right? So here's what we've got. We've got a whole bunch of ways. Now, they're, they're, we've co covered a few of them tonight. But what you've got is you've got a whole bunch of different things coming in at you, arrows coming in at you, and they all say one thing, don't open your mouth. 
Keep quiet about this thing. It's fine for you, but stop trying to tell other people about it. You're just a fool. Just keep it to yourself. And it's pretty effective. Most believers don't regularly open their mouths to the gospel. Most don't. Yeah, I'm saved, you know, and I'm glad I'm going to heaven, but you know, for whatever reason, I, I couldn't. Really, I'm ashamed of the gospel, so therefore I don't tell anybody about it. Right? Now, let's kind of unpackage this a bit. Where do you think that comes from? Imagine you were Satan. And you wanted to stop people from declaring the gospel. What would you do? You'd attack it from every angle you possibly could. But you know who the most dangerous people in the world for, for Satan are believers? People who know the truth and have access to the Savior and access to this power of the Spirit of God. They're the most dangerous people on the planet. You and I are dangerous. And we have to be silenced. And it's possible to silence people and we're being silenced. We're being silenced in our day and age. We're being silenced. And we're kind of coming to the place where we're looking and we're saying, well, you know, let's calm down about this thing. Well, let's not. Let's not calm down. What I'm going to do over these next few weeks as we go through this is we're going <clears> to... <throat> We're going to look at the video now, right? And because I don't want to keep you here late tonight, but we're going to go through the video now. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and challenge your thinking. Because I know for me, I'm very susceptible to wrong thinking, and so are you. It's very easy for the wrong thinking to get in, and particularly in this area, there is no more spiritual area than the gospel. Because that's when you're on God's turf doing God's work and the enemy wants to silence you. So don't be silenced. Right? Don't be silenced. You need to actually get involved. Open your mouth. Pass out tracts. Speak to people. Right? What we're going to do is we're going to look at Jeff Musgrave presenting the gospel. Now for those of you that have been through netcasters, you're going to see some similarities, but you're going to see some things he does that are just, hey, that's good. Right? You're going to be helped by some of the things he does. Let me give you some counsel. Right? Normally when I stand up there and I start going through the gospel, do you know what? I, I, I will see half the room do. It's not for us. It's for somebody else. <clears throat> right? This is for you. This is not for somebody else. This is for you. The idea of us watching this is to help you declare the gospel. Realize the gospel is very simple. You can be very confident of the gospel. Because another area that we didn't cover uh, is this. The, the enemy likes to say to you, yeah, you, you don't know enough. You need to know much more. You need, you'd, you'd need to know a whole lot more. How much more? Nobody knows how much more you need to know, but you need to know a lot more. No, 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 no. Listen, the day you got saved, you had a test, You have a testimony, and you can actually declare your testimony and declare the gospel. It's very simple. And one of the things you need to do is you need to watch solid gospel presentations, uh, people doing them so that you can actually learn. You know, it's interesting uh, <clears throat> to listen to other people uh, witnessing. Because, you know, everybody's got d- different things that, 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 that they're strong on, and, and it's helpful to you. Right? Okay, so <clears throat> we're going to uh, look at this now, and then be- before we close, I've got a couple of things I want to say to you. Uh, Joshua, let us go ahead with that right now.